Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Now, it's Gabe time. Gabe Kuhn. Gabe Kuhn was one of the great little trivial nuggets in all football bios. His grandfather was the inventor of the Easy Bake Oven. Like a boss, the best lineman on the radio. Well, the only lineman on the radio. It's Gabe time. Game time. We're ready. The Gabe Kuhn Show. 92.9 FM ESPN. It's a hump day. Welcome in August 9th, 2023, and it's time for the Gabe Coon Show. I am your host, former Memphis Tiger offensive lineman, Gabe Coon on Twitter, on X, at G underscore Coon 71. I am alongside the executive producer of the Gabe Coon Show. That would be Connor Dunning on X at C Dunning 99. Connor, what's the word, brother? What's up, man? Celtic tonight. Celtic tonight. 710. A little rainy. You think it'll? I mean, how's how's the crowd going to be? Pretty good still. Yeah, they got covered outside, so yeah. they got plenty of room. So seven ten p.m. Come check out a uh, general general Celtic knowledge. Celtic has to love trivia. you, and I mean, has to love you guys. We've point. got a pretty good relationship. Yeah. yeah, great people over there. Golly, and you guys fill out the place. We do every you every guys week. Sell it's drinks. slammed. I mean, do y'all? Get, I mean, we got to get a little bit of. They give us scratch. a scratch. Okay. They give us. I get paid to be there. I'm no, not. No, I'm not I'm doing it out of the goodness of my heart. I'm not, <laughs> no, I'm talking about like you know, ten percent of drink sales, something no, like no, that. No, no, no. I mean, y'all have like eighteen teams. You had twenty-eight one night, didn't you tell me? It's, we have anywhere between twenty to twenty-eight teams usually. Good lord. Uh, but no, they give us a tab, so we get some food, we get some drinks. Yeah. So again, Celtic nice. tonight. Celtic tonight. Yeah, Celtic yeah, tonight. Counter always reminds you. Counter always reminds you because general knowledge. Always, right? Always. Well, usually, yes, okay. but yeah, yeah, always with me. I got you. But we have three hours of talk on the way, courtesy of 92.9 FM, ESPN, and yours truly. We're going to open on overreaction and not an overreaction. It's going to have to do with realignment and the future of college football, um, and we're going to relate it to Memphis. There's a lot of discussions that have been had today out there on the World Wide Web and even on these airwaves um, about what Memphis should do with their athletic department going forward, and it really is the age-old discussion of defunding football and funding basketball. Um, so we'll discuss that, as well as Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly has interesting comments, I think pretty level-headed comments, about where we're headed in college football, and I'll tell you what I think about them as well. Um, also on the show, I am <laughs> I'm dumbfounded by this pin discussion here. This pin has paid ESPN to launch ESPN Bet, basically. And ESPN is about to corner the market. I'll, I'll tell you why this is a massive deal, this deal struck by ESPN and Penn yesterday. It is huge. It is huge. As far as guests are concerned, Jeff Calkins at 5 o'clock per normal. And then Ty Richardson at 6 o'clock. 
uh, from ESPN Arkansas. We'll talk SEC realignment, the whole nine yards. I'll probably relate it to Memphis as well, as he has a lot of friends here in Memphis, uh, knows a lot of Memphis fans. He's not that far down the road in Fort Smith, so plenty of discussion there. Um, in the Blitz, Georgia is at it again. Georgia and the Athletic Association is at it again. We have a uh, fired survivor of the tragic crash that killed Devin Willock and Chandler LaCroix. Victoria Bowles, who was also in the car and is in pending litigation with the Georgia Athletic Association, has been fired. And then yesterday, last night I should say, didn't it sort of feel like sports fans had some shared experience over the documentaries that came out? The Johnny Manziel Untold and then Hard Knocks, episode one. Absolutely. Felt like some shared experience out there. It was nice, and we didn't really have a whole – I mean, it wasn't a massive slate. We had Major League Baseball. It, both of them are perfect for getting your football you know, yeah, brain back into, right. into shape. Right, for sure. Um, but we'll talk about Hard Knocks Episode 1. I have two pages of notes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> two? Two pages front of notes. Back or, or two? Front and back or two? Same thing. It's <laughs> front and back and two but, are uh, the um, same deal. But Aaron Rodgers came out surprisingly looking like a – Change well, I shouldn't say surprisingly since I've sort of been banging the drum that he's a change man, but he looked like a change man. He looked like a star. Yes. And I, it is kind of strange to see how obsessed the Jets are, like the rest of the team. They're obsessed with him. And like some of the throws he was making, and I know they, they only sh- usually only show the good ones on there, but my God, some of those things are insane. And I did love the opening commentary about the eagle and the crow oh, from we, Robert Sala. I, great. We'll I, get trust it. me, we'll I will get. break that fully down. Yeah, the we'll the fanboying of the team, them being happy that he was just hitting a target. <laughs> yes, yes. But that'll be in small talk. I do have to ask you off the top: Are you? Are you? A, do you? Do you usually need help sleeping? Like I, 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 I took melatonin last night, first time in a long time. I needed a little help sleeping. My fiance usually has the five milligram ones, but she has ten milligrams at home. Those things get you drowsy, bro. You gotta be careful. You gotta be careful. I up, I doubled my dosage. They give me nightmares. That's why I, I can't. Oh, I usually really? can't take melatonin because they make me, me some, dream. They make me dream. They, they give me not some my... intense nightmares. I'll really? tell you that. Yeah, dude. During COVID, I had one because uh, I, I was having. You know, sometimes it, it was difficult to sleep during it. Of course. And I took. I did try to take it one night, and I woke up in the middle of the night like quick because I was having a very vivid dream that I was in a plane crash. And I was like falling to the earth, and I like shot up and like kind of yelled a little bit. I was like, ah, <laughs> it, yeah. So melatonin, uh, not not my friend. Yeah, yeah. Melatonin has not been my friend as today. <laughs> I have to say, five milligram to ten milligram. You wouldn't think. I mean, I know it's double the dosage, but ten milligrams usually isn't a whole lot of something. It chain. It is. When did drowsy. you realize? Oh, <laughs> when I woke up this morning. Oh, when you woke up. So you didn't yes. know when you took it until today that you I didn't took know it was much. ten milligrams. I didn't know it was ten milligrams. I guess I didn't know my fiance had that that much trouble sleeping. Listen, five. So to, there, it's, it's substantial talk, difference. Here's all. Here's all I'm saying. When we're talking about milligrams, five to ten can be a yeah. It, it can be a difference. <laughs> I'll just I'll put it that way. How about you. that? I got you. But uh, without further ado, it's a Wednesday. Let's go ahead and open up the show. Overreaction, not an overreaction. Now, it's overreaction or not an overreaction. We are the wild and crazy guy. That's crazy. Chill, homie. On the Gabe Gujo from 92.9. All right, Connor, what we got today? All right, the ACC is courting SMU and is seemingly passed up on any conversation that involves Memphis. So the age-old discussion has arisen about the Memphis deconstructing football and going all in on basketball. So my question to you is, the Memphis Athletic Department should think about it 
overreaction or not an overreaction? It's an overreaction, of course, from me. I played football there. There's history there. Obviously not some long-storied history of some programs around the country. But deconstructing football does nothing. And honestly, I think there's two reasons in particular. I just hate this conversation. I think this conversation is so stupid in the grand scheme of things. One, I think football generates revenue. Um, unlike basketball, if you get it to the peak. Now, there's some questions about it getting to the peak because of what may happen with the college football playoff and the Pac-12 ultimately not getting an AQ. And are they going to take the top 12 teams and leave the group of five out of it? And will Memphis's chance be hurt by that? Um, I'll say this. Memphis maybe being left out or like group of five schools being left out of the college football playoff. Going forward, if Greg Sankey and maybe Tony Petiti of the Big Ten get what they want and get the top 12 teams in, can you can you answer a question for me, Connor, honestly? Sure. Is that any different than it's ever been no. in regards to the college football playoff and national championships? For Memphis? For Memphis. For Memphis, not for a group really, of five no. schools, it's not different. Cincinnati is a, an exception to any rule we've ever seen. They beat Notre Dame. They did all these things. They had to be perfect. They it had also to be took, perfect. It took a full year campaign from not just yes. Cincinnati too, from the media, from every every and UCF school had to set the table it. first yeah. for them. Like even uh, you could even uh, say that Memphis paved the way a little bit. But like it took so much. It's even if they change how the college football playoff is going to look with twelve teams, where it's six automatic qualifiers and six at larges, and they go just to twelve at larges, that does not change the the real fortunes historically. For group of five schools, including Memphis. So that's my first thought. My second thought is, okay, you want to go all in on basketball. Another question. How is that any different than the history of Memphis? How is that any different than the the historical value we've looked at, uh, this athletic department, and how they have allocated funds? Is that any different? It is not. Memphis basketball, last year, already, right now, Ranked 18th in spending in college basketball. 18th. And it's not hurting their recruiting. They've had two number one recruiting classes. Finally getting to the NCAA tournament. Putting themselves in good positions now under Penny Hardaway in year five, year six. It's no different than it's ever been. So, like, just ditching football with all the football fans we have that have been created even since 2014, the historical football fans, it's a slap in their face. And all the guys that have paved the way that have, I hate to be corny and cliche, but blood, sweat, and tears at Liberty Bowl, at the Liberty Bowl, at Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium, it's just a slap in their face to continue to bring up this conversation. And everyone wants to talk about UConn. They have a historically bad, they've, they've been historically bad at, at football as of late. And they were in a power conference for a while and tried to, you know, go, go at football the right way, yada, yada, yada. And, and they already had national championships that that were sort of a part of their their history before they did this whole you know independent in football and, and basketball were were allocating all the funds to that. So they already had a a larger historical sense of where their basketball program was before they made that decision. I think Louisville still is like what you look up to. What I mean, they were an old conference mate. Like, that's what you would look for if you're the University of Memphis. And they're power five in both, or they're power four in both basketball and football. So I, I just, I can't latch on to this damn conversation time after time. It gets annoying. It always comes up. I do feel as if 
the same people that were talking about this in the early 2000s and really through the history of Memphis athletics, they're the same ones bringing it up now. It just doesn't make much sense to me when you look at the landscape of college sports right now. Why would Memphis getting rid of football help their conversation to get into one of these conferences? In my opinion, I feel as if you should continue to invest into football and continue to build that program, and I think that is your best chance to get in, is continue to invest well, yeah. in that program, let but it grow, let it But I guess the thought process stronger. here is like they're not necessarily worried about power, power conference and football, these people. They're more worried about, oh, well, basketball. We just invest everything in basketball. But that's how this, that's how this athletic department that's, has operated That's kind of what I mean is ever. that – they're already investing a large portion into basketball. Like you said, they're 18th in the country of spending for a basketball program. I'm not, I'm not sure doing anything more than that is going to change the conversation for you when it comes to conference realignment, consolidation, all that. I think another thing that you said was, was very important in that it feels as if this Memphis football fan base has grown. So why would you cut it off now? Just a few years, just a few years ago, just a few years ago, Thousands of people, thousands of people in this city woke up at 4, 5, 6 a.m. to go pack Beale Street and to go pack game day. And it is one of my favorite memories of sports of all time. It would feel like giving – it feels, I guess, counterintuitive to give up on the football program because they've had, what, one or two two tough years after a decade of real success? And they're not disaster years. I guess people would argue that's kind of the worst, so you're in purgatory, right? You but, either want to be really good, really bad, so you can move on, sure. or you're really good. But that's why this year, you know, if they are able to show improvement, it's a big deal. If they aren't, maybe it is time to change regimes and go a different direction. But I am not anywhere close to Memphis football is back in the in the dog days that it used no, to be. Because clearly not. Because you had this moment with D'Angelo, and it felt like they failed to capitalize on that, and it became dark for a little bit. And then Fuente came in, and then Norvell, and now Silverfield, and... We have described it as kind of a golden age of Memphis football before the last two years, at least. I I, I don't want to give up on that. That is I, that is something where I grew up a Memphis Tigers football fan. I went to the University of Memphis, but I'm not going to pretend like my football fandom didn't hit the peak that it has the last ten years because the team was good, the games were exciting, we were beating Ole Miss, we yep. were packing out the Liberty Consistently Bowl. Consistently beating Power you, Five the schools tailgating and Liberty Bowl. really exploded and became an event. People had tents out there. You would have to wake up early to go. It was it became an exciting thing again to go back to Memphis football, and that's something that I just don't want the city to lose. I don't want this I, fan base to lose. I don't want the university to lose just because you have an, a, a shot to get into the Power Four and the new consolidation. <sighs> it just feels. Like you would be, it feels like you would be giving up a lot to I, get something that isn't guaranteed. Yes, exactly. A hundred percent. You're not going to guarantee yourself a national championship if you spend more. I mean, again, they're top 20 in the country. That's with power schools. That's with Kansas. They're right up there with some of the best basketball schools in the country. UConn, they spend plenty of money already on basketball as they have in the history. Now, you brought up downtown that SMU game, and also that, that SMU game was packed out. At, at Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium. But what bothers me about that is I think when we look around the country and some of the schools that have sort of jumped the line, SMU in particular, I don't know how these commissioners can't see the growth potential of what this athletic department, what that football program could be based on looking at that in particular, that Cotton Bowl year and how great it was. Like, I, I it just – there's growth potential in the city, even though it's the number 51 TV market or whatever it may be. And it hurts as a Memphis supporter to see SMU jump the line. 
Um, it makes you feel as if it's just... It... How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast way out of the realm of possibilities that memphis will ever get into a power conference and there's a lot of reasons that get discussed and i i don't know which ones to believe it could be amalgamation of all of them um i think they're past ultimately kills them. The investment in football was too late. I think there's questions about the view of the city in crime, which, you know, I don't want to believe, but the more that they get passed up, you start to st- start to think about it. It sticks in your crawl a little bit. The more people talk about it and the more that Memphis gets passed up. I think ultimately it's just market size, right? That's the only reason I can realistically look at SMU over Memphis is they have 3 million TV sets. Memphis has a little bit under a million. Ultimately, that like that's what it looks like. But it's not about it's not about the TVs actually tuning in to watch. It's about how many TVs are available, and that's it bothers the hell out of me. It really does. I, I tend to agree with that because when you <clears throat> when you want to talk about crime and things like that relating to Memphis's chances to get into one of these conferences, <laughs> I think it would be naive to say that it doesn't matter at all. Mm-hmm. I also think, though, it is used as maybe an additional excuse to why they didn't give Memphis a shot rather than the reason. It, it comes right. down to market size and it comes down to donors is yep. really what I think it is. Dallas is, when you look at SMU, you're like, oh, that's, that's old money. That's old money right there. The market size, too, wait, wait. It, they don't own Dallas, 
but I think just the potential of having the TVs there brings, for some reason, it's not. I don't agree with it, but it brings attention to SMU. We had Greg McElroy on this show, yep. and it, that's what I think can be kind of frustrating as a Memphis fan, is that the people that have come here, that have seen what Memphis football has been, what Memphis can be in the city, and with this market, how it is a this melting is, listen, pot of, let's of be the, different Let's cultures. be honest. Here in the South, like, here in the South there, is a, there is a massive market for, especially in Memphis, being the only football team in the city of Memphis. There's a market to be unlocked there that could grow if you get over the hump and get into a power conference, but it's just hard to imagine well, that happening. Right so now. Yes, but what I was going to is what McElroy was talking about is that it's not just Memphis football here. It's football in general that, yes, that people are fired I mean. up about. So you put Memphis in one of these conferences, every single one of those games is going to be packed out because yep. people love football here. Yes, University of Memphis not, might not be one of the power four. It might not be this historically great program over the history of it. But when that football team is good, you better believe that people show up at that stadium and are cheering hard for it, man. There is real passion there. And I think that's why it can be so frustrating as a Memphis fan or as a Memphis supporter because you know all of these things, and then at the end of the day it's just, well, you don't have enough TVs, and you're like, we can't help that. <laughs> yes. we can't, you know, that's not, it, that, that is a tough thing to keep being told as the reason you're getting passed up because when you look at the numbers and people who watch – People in Memphis watch. We do what at we can. At the top of the group of five. It's at the top. It's at the top. And then when this you look at basketball numbers, market. we're I usually mean, top ten. And, up it, there in like and that's why it's International soccer matches, for God's sakes. Right. There's a lot of watchers in Memphis. Sports People are huge here. Are, go nuts for sports in the city of Memphis. And that's why it can be so frustrating because when you're on the ground level, you see it every single day. We see it here. We, with the way people interact with us. When we when I go do trivia, the amount of people that talk to me right. about, about sports, about Memphis sports specifically, the passions there. We just need the money to catch and up to it. And I think that's what I, that's what's tough. I get how big the market is that, that SMU is a part of, but right. they don't hold any weight in all. that damn market. And I don't know how to continue to explain. Like I just feel like a damn broken record. That that school is a privatized religious school. And if you want to talk about growth potential because of the amount of TVs, there's they've always been a top five market. Dallas, Fort Worth area. Why have they not grown yet? Why have they not grown yet? There's not an investment into sports at that university like they think there is. Is there old money? Yes. But is it being invested in sports consistently? Not necessarily. It's just, it's tough. It's tough to watch, and it's hard. I mean, there's there's nothing really to, if you're a University of Memphis fan, um, one, I don't get how, I don't know if you're necessarily a, a real University of Memphis athletics fan if you're talking about football being defunded and moving strictly to basketball. Um, but also, if you, you're a University of Memphis fan, I don't know what there is to look forward to. I don't, I don't, I don't. As far as like trying to get into a power conference, I don't know if there's anything out there for you. I don't know if there's anything out there. To build off of this conversation, Chip Kelly has made some comments about the direction of college football. This is what he had to say: Notre Dame is an independent in football. But they're in conference for everything else. Why aren't we all independent for football? Take the 64 teams in the Power Five and make that one division. Take the 64 teams in the Group of Five and make that another. We play for a championship, they play for a championship, and no one else gets affected. Our sport is different than everybody else. We only play once a week. Travel's not that big a deal for football, but it is a big deal for the other sports. So my question to you is Chip Kelly has a point about where we are headed in college football, overreaction or not an overreaction? Not an overreaction. We've covered this many a times. This is where this is headed. 
the the top of the FBS, the power conferences, eventually, it just based on my view of it, are going to break off, play their own championship. The group of five, the lower level of FBS Division One football, will be the have-nots, and they'll play their own championship. He's he's correct about where it's headed. It's just weird though, because I brought this up to you before the show, and you tend to agree with me. If you go this direction, you have sixty-four schools all independent. We've done all this sort of breaking away from regionality where you have all these West Coast schools dealing with Midwest schools in the Big Ten. The ACC is trying to branch out and take different schools, potentially Stanford and Cal from the West Coast. If you get to that 64 teams, we're going to go right back to regionality. We're going to go right back to regional rivalries. The West Coast will play the West Coast. The Midwest will play the Midwest. The East Coast will play the East Coast. The Southeast will play the Southeast. We'll end up right back in the same spot, except with a smaller, a smaller version of it, with less teams. It's just it, he's right. He's right about where we're headed, and I think that if football does break off, you at least get to try to save the rest of the athletic department, right? Like the the, the travel and the expenses that will have to be put out by you know in Midwest, like in the Midwest, like lacrosse teams trying to go all the way out to the West Coast, the Rutgers to. UCLA for lacrosse, like that would be, that's ridiculous. And hell, I don't even know if UCLA has a lacrosse team. I'm just sort of spitballing. But the expenses those those other sports would have to put forward would kill them uh, in the grand scheme. So I think there needs to be a break off with where we're headed. But um, I think Chip Kelly's hit the nail on the head, and I think that's unfortunate. I do too, and it's it's just one of those situations where time is a flat circle. It's a, and it's like <laughs> all of this is, and that's where, again, it can be extremely frustrating if you're, a fan of a team like Memphis because it does feel like this is where it is headed. And that's why there is such a feeling of needing to join one of these conferences before it goes that direction because you don't want to be one of the ones that are left behind. But as we kind of discussed in the last topic, it would be it would be unfortunate if that happened. It would be a kick to the gut. You absolutely do not want it to go that route without you being in, in, the, in the power four, if you want to call them that way. It's not that much different than what it is now. And, and by the way, on the Chip Kelly front, 64 in the Power Five and 64 in the Group of Five when it comes to football. Does he know there's 133? <laughs> Does he know there's 133 FBS schools? He was told math would not be yeah, involved. Math was not part. He's a football coach. He's a fo- I get it. But there's 133, Chip. you, you got to add one more. you got to add one more there, brother. Um, he's like, I'll care about 12 guys on this side of the ball, 12 guys on that side of the ball. But he's, he's reiterating what a lot of people – have spoken on for a long time. I don't know when this happens, um, you know, 15 to 20 years from now. I, I feel like it will be expedited if the higher powers in college football get what they want with the college football playoff and the top 12 teams and national championships will just be relegated to power conferences and you won't have inclusion from the group of five. I feel like that will expedite the process, but we'll see how long it takes. Um, but he's not wrong. I'm telling you right now. Chip Kelly is not incorrect for his sentiments here. But that'll do it for overreaction, not an overreaction. And uh, yesterday was a big day um, for ESPN in particular. Penn, uh, who had Barstool Sports, had uh, bought it from Dave Portnoy, started Barstool Sports book. Um, They have sold Barstool Sports back to Dave Portnoy, and they've partnered with ESPN to launch ESPN Bet. I'll, I'll tell you why this is... A massive deal. Don't underestimate how big of a deal this is. I'll tell you why next. 92.9 FM ESPN.
Guests appear on the Smile Center hotline. Now back to the Gabe Kuhn Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. Back in on the Gabe Kuhn Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. The FedEx St. Jude Championship gets going tomorrow. It's cool to see the Pro-Am out there today. How about that? Jason Tatum? Oh, Jason Tatum Yeah, match. Mark Giannato caught up with him. That you was... future Memphis Grizzly, Jason Tatum? <laughs> well, once he gets this five-year, $305 million deal with the uh, Celtics, I think he'll be pretty locked down. But, hey, <laughs> anything, anything's possible, brother. Anything's possible. Uh, but that was cool to see. We'll, we'll, we'll uh, keep you updated tomorrow as golfers actually will tee off uh, starting at 7.50. But big news dropped yesterday. Um, Penn, who ran Barstool and Barstool Sportsbook um, for basically the past three years, has sold Barstool back to Dave Portnoy. And did I really see for a dollar? Dave Portnoy is going to, <laughs> after a sort of a failed and, and missed opportunity, a struggle with Barstool Sportsbook, bought it back for a dollar and gets to deal with it again. Gets yeah. it, gets he founded it, 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 founded it in 2003. And then he Good sold God. the com- company stock to Penn Entertainment in 2020. And then Penn finalized That's... the acquisition of Barstool for worth $551 million for Dave. How about And it? then he was able to buy back the same company that he sold for $551 million for a dollar. So whatever and... you think of him. Pretty good business move. Yeah, and and uh, Penn is going to take an eight hundred and fifty million dollar loss on the whole deal. Sheesh. But regardless, in response to that, after that, then Penn partnered with ESPN to create ESPN Bet, and you'll be able to start using ESPN Bet as soon as this fall, from what I understand. But Penn agreed to pay ESPN even <laughs> even after this eight hundred fifty million dollar loss. They agreed to pay ESPN a, a one point five billion dollars in cash over ten years, as well as uh, they granted ESPN $500 million of warrants to purchase approximately 31.8 million common shares of PIN. Um, and there are options to receive bonus warrants depending on the performance of ESPN bet. This is massive news. Do not sleep on how big a news this is because ESPN, for lack of a better term here, they've cornered the market and I think the betting market in a massive way. If you've been paying attention um, since legalized sports betting on your phone, and I think it's 33 states now, whatever it may be, they have been advertising for DraftKings, for FanDuel, BetMGM. It's been all over their their uh, respective networks and ESPN, ESPN2, Classic, ESPN+. Plus. Uh, they've been pushing advertising for those. Now they're only going to seemingly push their own sports book on their channel. And with that, the amount of signups, the amount of people using the app, the amount of bets that they'll take in per year is going to be insane. And the market even reacted last night. DraftKings, their shares fell nearly 10% in after-hours trading. So ESPN has absolutely cornered the market on betting in a lot of ways. The amount of people that watch ESPN, uh, the worldwide leader in sports, the amount of people that will sign up for ESPN bet, it's just going to be astronomical, Connor. It's going to be nuts. It's going to be nuts. But, you know, when the news first broke, the text I sent you was just, I'm not, I'm not sure I like where sports are headed. Yeah. Because 
you know, gambling is a huge part of sports right now. And I don't, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing that it's a big part of sports. I think it infiltrating teams and things like that that we've seen in college right. athletics recently but, and, and pro sports is that's concerning. But we, you, can, you can stop that. You can nip that in the bud early if, if you get some rules we've down. Seen, we've seen markets get affected by programming, by like Sham Sharania before the NBA oh, yeah, draft saying, sure. hey, Scoot Henderson – Maybe the number two pick over Brandon Miller. People are starting betting one way. Well, that changes the market. ESPN, with the amount of reporting they do on a daily basis, like there, there, there could be some issues that arise later. Obviously, they can wipe their hands clean. Ultimately, it's just reporting. They, they do have that side. They have their media side. But um, that's a scary thought. You nailed it. That's exactly where I was kind of going with what I was saying. Is that I always felt like. ESPN should have should you can report on gambling you can make it part of your programming things like that but I think that once you become a sports book yourself yeah everything that you report now I have to take with a grain of salt yeah and I hate that I have to do that right because what is it going to do to your odds what based off what you're yep. saying are you trying to get me to bet a certain way are you trying to get me to put my money a certain way what's happening here I can't when I can't trust the news source anymore when it's ESPN, that is concerning to me. Because where do you go for unbiased sports reporting There could reporting be ulterior now? motives could and be everything ulterior else, mo- right. You don't know about the deals that are going. It just it makes it very messy for me moving forward. But don't sleep on how big of a deal this it's gonna be mono- They're going to be able to monopolize it in a way. It's going <laughs> to be In a tough. way, obviously, FanDuel, DraftKings, BetMGM, like, they're still going to be out there. But ESPN bet, I... I can't even project that they're not going to be the number one sports book. I mean, they're, I, I feel like they're going to be the number one. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It's that time of year. Cash the ticket. Jim Costa with Mike Valeni. We shift the focus from football to college hoops. Getting us ready for the tournament where we're going to break down all the matchups and have an eye on some future plays too. Search Cash the Ticket on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Sportsbook as soon as they as soon as soon they launch. and I don't think it'll take long for them to have that part of their... their uh, Sort of repertoire at the at the at the peak of the market. Right. Like they really have ESPN right now in general, the media side. But I, I want to bring this up. Looking back at Penn's decision to align with Dave Portnoy, what a bizarre move! What a bizarre move. Dave Portnoy again. They sold back Barstool Sports to Dave Portnoy for one dollar, and they take an eight hundred fifty million dollar loss in the entire deal. But especially considering what's happened, like even at the moment, three years ago. Dave Portnoy is a very successful guy. Smart businessman, I'll give him that credit. But one, smaller fish. And two, very controversial and very outwardly opinionated. 
So, like, there's a lot of people that get turned off by him and won't use a, a sports book, won't intake the media he puts out on a daily basis. He, he's been accused of bad business practices, uh, trying to keep his employees from unionizing, uh, and that's really not the only thing he's been accused of, bad relationships with women and everything else. It's just strange that Penn would get in bed with a guy like Dave Portnoy when they did. And Barstool does not have the level of viewership to get that sports book that they had to the level that they thought. ESPN has broadcasting rights for the NFL, college football, NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, college basketball, boxing, UFC. Then they have ESPN Plus, the ESPN app, an insane amount of original programming. If this was always on the table, like things may have changed like three years ago, it could it could have been different completely than it is right now. I, I I fully realize that. But if they accepted the deal yesterday, why with ESPN? Why wouldn't they have accepted it three years ago? Right? Because I just I look at like if if they were going to get in bed with Portnoy, why would they have not gone with ESPN on the front end, knowing all of the sports programming and how large they could have grown that sports book then? Maybe ESPN wasn't trying to delve into those waters. It's just, it's bizarre. Penn made a very strange decision on the front end with this whole thing. So if I had to guess, I think that ESPN probably wasn't ready to get into the gambling thing fully. If you, if we probably, if I mean, I guess honest, it feels like that their programming hasn't even really talked about gambling until like the past year or so. I would say last season well, they, in, the, in, the, mean, in the sports, heck, it felt they've, like, had, they've had daily wager for a while now. Well, they, they've, they've had ha- sports pro- or, or sports betting programming for a bit. I'm now. talking about though, when you, for instance, when you go on their app now, when you be, even if you're not clicking on a game, it shows you the line now. That was not true two years ago. That's what I'm kind of – I think that ESPN probably was sitting back and saying, we need to see how this gambling stuff plays out. Is it going to become a monster that we can't avoid? You would have known that. Sure, you should, but they you probably – You should be able to project that if you're Disney, it, ESPN. But remember, three years ago, sports was in a weird spot. We were in the middle of the pandemic. Sports was in, in a weird spot. Barstool was kind of the leading – you know, group that was talking about sports gambling, it makes sense. I think if you break it down, it makes sense why Penn was like, yeah, you know, Barstool might be something that we want to invest in. It ended up not paying off in the long run for them. I'm not, you know, to be honest, I have a pretty neutral opinion on Barstool. I think that there's a lot of things that they do that is not very good at all. I think there are some programs that they have, specifically PMT, that is that that are good. And I kind of, I'm able to separate that from Barstool as a whole, but I could see why they would want to invest in that because they were kind of at the forefront of gambling. The first time I really remember gambling becoming a large part of sports was through Barstool, was through me listening to PMT back in 2018, 2019, 2020. Like, that was where I would hear about, and then it started to bleed out into the other places, and then all of a sudden FanDuel popped up, and then all of a sudden DraftKings became a real thing. It's, It's This thing had to evolve over time, and when you look at the history of ESPN, they've always waited. They've always yeah. gotten in later. Even with the streaming services, things like that, they, they waited. They waited, 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 and then they jumped in when they knew it was going to be a profitable, profitable thing. 
Was there I, a number that Penn could have thrown at, at, at ESPN maybe, that would have changed their mind, maybe. though, three years ago? But three years we're talking ago, about $1.5 well, billion dollars in cash over 10 but years. But three years ago, they were also trying to launch streaming services. Right. And they were getting a deal with Hulu and Disney, and they were trying to get that thing going. They were try- They had, what was that app that they, the, the zone, that failure of a yes. thing. They were figuring out things with UFC. So they were probably invested in too many things to jump to gambling yet. And now that they've kind of gone past that or figured out where these things are and right now they need money they also need money right now we gotta be honest about it Mm -hmm. like we'll talk about it later apple is being discussed potentially purchasing disney soon yeah that means that they that's two billion dollar deal that Penn brought to them they were probably like yeah let's do that right now because we need that we need that profit yeah so i think if you look at the whole landscape of it it makes sense why it's happening now it doesn't mean i have to like it though yeah yeah, but I mean, just sort of looking back, Penn has got to be very upset with themselves for getting in. They must idea. know though that the that that loss is going to be gone and within a year or two of this launch. Now, the interesting caveat, besides the fact that uh, Penn sold Barstool back to Dave Portnoy for a dollar, is Penn does have the right to receive fifty percent of gross proceeds received by Dave Portnoy in any subsequent sale or any other monetization event. For Barstool. So I guess they covered their bases on the back end somewhat, but they still sold back a $500 million investment for $1. Right. Right. Yeah, not, it's not great business. I'm no, not going to pretend it like it is. it's not been great business. <laughs> I, this, this whole thing is just, it's wild. It's strange. Um, but I'm telling you, ESPN bet the, the success they're going to have is going to be absolutely nuts. Absolutely nuts. Now, uh, we talked about Orioles announcer Kevin Brown yesterday. Um, and his suspension due to what he had to say before a Rays game about the Orioles having issues at Tropicana Field um, and how they've changed those things around. He's still suspended. And last night, Orioles were playing on TBS against the Astros, and that seventh inning free Kevin Brown chance broke out? How about that? I like it. You love to see it. Well, I, I do love to see it. The Angelos family, I don't know if they'll be swayed by that, but they ought to be. Their fan base is up in arms. Their fan base is angry as hell. How thin-skinned they've been through this process. The fact that you, you, you're, you're suspending a guy for telling a, a story before a game started in general. And uh, do you think there's a curse going on? Did you see that game last night? <laughs> I, didn't, I did not see it, but I've seen the highlights do of it. Do you think, that, yes. is there a curse? The Orioles lost 7-6. to six. Kyle Tucker for the Astros hit a grand slam in the top of the ninth. To go up 7-6. In support of him, I will say there is a curse, yes. I'll put it that <laughs> I want, way. I want, I, want there, I want there to be a curse as, as long as he's not there. It's just, you know, I, you could feel the frustration from the fan base during their chant last night because they're having the best season that they've had in a very long time. They're one of the best stories in baseball, and it just felt like they shot themselves in the leg for no real reason. No re- real reason at all. He was just... He was factually telling the story of the Baltimore Orioles versus the Rays the last, what, couple of seasons. Nothing that he said was untrue. It wasn't really opinion-based at all. The the opinion that he offered was, it's getting better. He said that. It it makes no sense to me. It was very frustrating. I'm glad that broadcasters came out in support. I'm glad that the fans are supporting him as well. Well, and I I, I am of the opinion, too, relatively soon. Rob Bedford probably needs to step up and say, guys, quit this act. This is ridiculous. You did it in 96 with John Miller, who went on, I mean, even then was great, but went on to be one of the best Major League Baseball broadcasters we've ever seen because you said he didn't bleed black and orange enough. So he went to the Giants, another black and orange team. That's ironic in itself. But, like, I, 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 I have a buddy who's an Orioles fan, and he said most of his life, and he's, he's our age, he says most of his life 
he has talked to his dad, who's another Orioles fan. They say, oh, we're, we have a great team this year. We're a great, we're a great team. Fourth finish in the ALEs? Are we going to finish fourth, third? Is that possible with a good team? Like, the Orioles have been miserable for a long time, and I don't get the self-inflicted wound. I still don't understand it why, you know, <laughs> John Angelos has to go this direction. Like, why, why did he have to bring negative PR? Like, was it just too good for him? Was everything going too swell where he had to make something happen? If they would have won that game last night and the Braves would have lost, do you know what would have happened? The Orioles would have had the best record in Major League Baseball. That's That's crazy. how good they've been. And you have this negative PR for no damn reason. Just none. Well, and your fans are turning on you in a lot of ways. I, I, it's the, just beyond, beyond recognition. It's ridiculous. The most mind-numbing part of it is – it's not like this is the first time anyone has seen or said that information. Right. It's public information. You can just go look on Wikipedia or go look at any sports stat-keeping website, and you will be able to find that the Baltimore Orioles have sucked mostly for the last 20 years. You'll be able to find that. I promise you. It's not too hard. It'll take one Google. One Google, one click, and you'll be able to find that information, which is why it makes absolutely no sense to me that – for some reason, in their brains, they were like, "Oh, he 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 let the cat out of the hey, bag. He let the secret too well. go. Things it's were like, things were going too well. We have to we have to no put a sense. damper on that. We can't have it's that. It's so idiotic. It's so yeah. idiotic because they're such a great story. I'm a Red Sox fan, and I'm rooting for the Orioles. That's how bad of a year it's been for the Red Sox. Don't ruin it, Orioles. Let people have fun. Let your broadcasters do their job. Now, tad bit of old news before we get to uh, Jeff Calkins. Tad bit of um, NFL news. Um, top 15 players in the, in the NFL Top 100, we always pay attention to it, right? Of course. And, and I think Aaron Rodgers was like below 50 in these rankings. So that's, what? that's, fun, in, that's fun in itself. But top 15 players have been released. Number one, Patrick Mahomes. Two, Justin Jefferson. I don't have a problem yet. Number three, this is interesting. This is interesting. Jalen Hurts at number three. Based off really? last year, I think we can, we can give him his credit. He was in the MVP race until he got hurt toward the end. But I am still of the opinion. I am still of the opinion he's got a lot around him. He's going to have to keep doing this. Last year was the breakout year. I have to see more and more and more from Jalen Hurts for him to be a top five player in the NFL. But maybe, maybe feel, that's just me. I feel top 15 would have been fair for that, him. No, three's a bit, three's, three's a, bit, a, bit high. a bit high. It's a bit high. I'm a huge fan of, huge fan of the young man, but uh, three's a lot. I'm a massive a lot. fan, and I, and I don't <laughs> doubt that he's going to add more to his bag this offseason. And 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 work his way into being a better player. Right. I mean, he is. Last year, the the question was about. Okay, now he has these weapons. Can he complete a deep ball? He was one of the worst two years ago at completing balls downfield. He was great last year. The Eagles were second behind the Chiefs in creating chunk plays in the pass game. So he he betting on his future. I think is a fair fair bet for sure. But right now, number three in the NFL, I think that's a bit high. But who, hey, who was behind him? Nick Bosa at four, Travis Kelsey at five. Hmm. I, I think both of those guys are probably better at their position than Jalen Hurts is at quarterback. Where was Donald? Donald was way down, actually. He was at 11. Okay. So I'll keep going down through it. I'll keep going down through it. Travis Kelsey at five, Joe Burrow six, Tyreek Hill seven, um, Josh Allen eight. So Josh Allen behind Jalen Hurts, but he did have some issues with and interceptions. And he will. He had some issues with interception. And Joe Burrow, <laughs> as much as we want to uh, talk 
talk up Josh Allen. Joe Burrow has been to a Super Bowl in an AFC Championship back to back. You got to give him. I love you go I love Burrow. You, you got to give him. him. His, you got to give him his love there. Number nine, Micah Parsons. Oh, that's fair. He he cracked the top ten. Number ten, Chris Jones. Eleven, Aaron Donald. Like I said, twelve, a guy who cannot get paid, Josh Jacobs. <laughs> a guy who cannot even get his money is at number twelve. We might not even see him play this year, and he is in the top fifteen. 13, Devontae Adams, 14, Trent Williams. I honestly think probably could be higher. Probably could be higher. Left tackle for the 49ers. He is an all-time great, and maybe I'm biased. In fact, I would say I'm biased towards offensive linemen and left tackles, but Trent Williams is one of the best I've ever seen do it. From an athletic standpoint, uh, what he does out in space, his pass-protecting ability, this dude is just the full package, and he plays with an insane amount of edge, so he's at 14. And then rounding it out, another 49er, Fred Warner. So Fred Warner, I think, gets a— No I'll, McCaffrey? I'll, I'll give him that. Um, huh. he, was in the, he was in the top 100, of course, but not, not top 15. Where was Will Levis? <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't know. He was at 1,000. Do they do an NFL top 1,000? <laughs> that was mean. That was mean. <laughs> hey, man. just You got you to gotta speak facts sometimes. Ahead or behind Zach Wilson? Ooh, that's, Ooh. that's a great debate. That's a well. It's a. I don't know if anybody's going to latch on to that, but I think. I think we go behind for now, right? Probably because Zach Wilson's actually played NFL football at this point. So. Kind of, but, but Will Levis is number three on the depth chart for the Titans. So I got some Zach Wilson notes for. Oh really? Next hour. Can you can you give me like a hint? Come on, let's tease it. You want to tease it? Everything that he did in the game was because of Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Quite literally, Aaron Rodgers was Throw like, to Malik. literally, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Before he snapped the football, right. he the best decision that Zach Wilson made in was hard knocks Aaron was Aaron Rodgers telling him what to do before the snap, and yep. he still almost missed the throw. And then he was bragging about his throw on the sidelines for like three minutes too long. It was very <laughs> odd. It was like it was it was like the little kid that was like, "Did you see what I did? Did you see what I did?" He went to every single person hey. and was asking, and uh, he was like, "Did I overthrow it? Did did he have to run? Did for, he have he was, to run for you? Yeah. yeah, he was trying to. He was fishing for compliments. Hey, so. well, more on that in small talk. Yeah, more on it. I'm gonna be fired. But up. coming up next, Jeff Calkins right here on ninety two nine FM ESPN. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile five G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile five G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com/five G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. 
Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.